but it can buy me a boat. There's a place where the boat is from. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising. Welcome back for another episode. What is this one? 26? I think it's 26, right? I'll check later. We'll make that correction if it's wrong, but really, <laughs> who cares? Uh, so here we are. Uh, St. Patty's Day was yesterday. wonder what you guys did for St. Patty's Day. Uh, mine was fun slash, you know, taxing. You know, it's in the bar business for St. Patrick's Day. It's sort of like working for, uh, you know, Macy's around Christmas time. A lot of wacky things to see, a lot of wacky things to take part in. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just going to be honest with you. What you really have to do to survive it, you know the old can't beat them, join them routine? That's the only thing you could do. That's it. Just have a couple of car bombs, suck it up, and, uh, you know, join them. That's what I, and that's kind of what I did starting the end of the night. Kegs were thrown. Uh, pizza was ordered. Uh, fun was had. And you know what? It was relatively all just good, clean fun. No crazy, wacky fights that happened. No nothing. I say in the bar business, it used to be, uh, you know, when I was first coming up in the game <laughs> way, way back. It was my favorite day of the year, St. Patty's Day. Oh, my gosh. When are we going to – what time are we going to start? Uh, kegs and eggs, the whole bit. But it has now become uh, – I don't know what would you call it. I don't – yeah, you know what? My least favorite day of the year. Uh, pretty much work-wise, that and in New York City, SantaCon, that's just uh, just a disaster. You have no idea. When people see the mentality is, is that, you know, when you're all dressed in green with, you know, everybody looks the same. Whether you're Santa costumes, dressed in green, and there's a bunch of alcohol involved. People, I mean, and more and more adults lately, have this mentality that you cannot see them you can't identify who they are and a lot of times it's true if you're in a santa costume with a beard and a hat and everything and uh you know maybe a little bit less on saint patrick's day but you know heard the term when in masses people are asses you know you just be the id comes out the person that you know the whack job uh not the unfiltered i guess just uh being in you comes out Add liquor to that, excessive amounts of liquor, add the encouragement from other people who don't want to be the person doing the dumbest thing, and you got just a recipe for disaster. In New York City, during SantaCon, you just see all sorts of stuff, you know. You'll see Santas climbing on top of cabs, jumping from cab to cab in midtown traffic. Uh, there's just no end of it. It's similar on St. Patrick's Day. And it's like, it's true, because I actually... You know, we're not talking about cruising yet, I know, but I'm sorry. But I actually had an incident one year where I had a barback who all he did, he was a he was a nice, quiet guy, not a problem guy, uh, conscientious, humble dude. And he had 
a he was a, he was a obviously a Latin looking guy. He was Mexican, and he had a ponytail. And uh, some girl, unfortunately, f- uh, felt like she was sexually assaulted. She was clearly drunk. I'm sure it happened. I'm sure something bad happened to this girl. She found a, a police officer. Police officer came in, and you know he's got a job to do. He just asked her to describe the person who this was. It was a Latin, uh, Latino-looking guy, uh, dressed in green, and he had a ponytail. I mean, New York City has 8 million people, and on this particular day, 75% of them are dressed in green. And he arrested my barback, and my barback had to spend a couple of days in jail. They got him out. You know, he was everything was okay, and he was cleared of all charges, but that's just the uh, the level of things that can happen. And somebody got away with something that day, and that's just the mentality of it. So St. Patty's Day is just, uh, you know, a little weird. Same with SantaCon, which is SantaCon's kind of new. It's only been going five, six years now. But forget about SantaCon in New York City. I want no part of it whatsoever. A bunch of infantile adults running around in Santa outfits. I mean, that makes. I'm not saying I'm Joe Maturity over here, but again, you know. I am what I am. I do what I do, and I'm a little off the cuff, a little wacky, 365 days a year. These are your regular people who have been suppressing it, and out of nowhere, they're going to pick this one day to just become animals. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, and it's my job you know, on that particular day to babysit the whole thing as it pertains to my four walls and my building. But, you know, it is what it is. Happy St. Patrick's Day, everybody. Uh What'd you guys do? Did, does anybody at sea for St. Patrick's Day? That's what I was kind of thinking about yesterday as well. As you know, I <laughs> seem to have a one-track mind, and mostly it's about cruising. And uh, I'm wondering on cruise ships, do they just is there like a St. Patrick's Day just drunk fest? Are cruise employees the same way like that? The bartenders and the crew and everybody on the ship are they dreading St. Patrick's Day too? I've never sailed on St. Patrick's Day. We actually sailed out the day after St. Patrick's Day in 2015. That was that legendary Norwegian gem one, that nine-dayer, which was – oh, still love that one. But um, who knows? Who knows? So uh, also top of the show, as usual, wanted to ask you guys if you can follow me on Instagram, which is Always Be Booked or ABB Cruising, Facebook as well. YouTube, you want to get down with the YouTube because uh, always be booked as well. Uh, the montage will be coming out. This is a lot. I don't know. I'm not making any bold claims about it, but what I will say is I am kind of. I've been very montage focused on this last cruise, and I was trying to get perfect angles. I mean, I was running around recording everything. I warned Kay before the cruise. I'm like, just let you know, I'm I'm going to be doing some heavy documenting this trip. So hopefully I got everything and hopefully I can roll it into one or two songs of a mo- video montage on YouTube. Um, I've been organizing the last week and uh, I've also been uh, kind of extracting. I haven't edited anything yet. I'm planning on doing a good portion of that tomorrow. Not sure if I'll get it done tomorrow or not. But uh, this particular podcast, by the way, uh, also, yeah, YouTube and iTunes and Stitcher, please uh, download us on that as well as, um, you know, subscribe if you wouldn't mind rating or reviewing. You know, one thing that's interesting, I did not have access to my Tommy at Always Be Booked. Now, that's up. That's live. Please email me there. I'm hoping to get some traffic on the uh, t- Tommy at Always Be Booked email, and actually I have. I've been locked out of it, and I am sorry, and I do have to apologize because 
I just was locked out of it password-wise. I used to check it regularly every other day or whatever or every three days, and there was nothing. You know, I have the side uh, thing with the travel agency, and I used to get junk mail from there. And that's really all I ever got. So I was kind of encouraging you guys to still email that, but also mostly checking on Facebook. But I did. You know what? I got to get access to this password because it was just all wacky. So I got access. I logged on, and I have to say I was so, so pleasantly surprised with the emails that I saw Everybody with some stories and, you know, telling me about cruises they have coming up and uh, just encouragement in general. And like I said in my responses to them, that's the type of stuff that I need, man. That's the type of stuff that not that I'm going to stop this show for anything or whatever, but that's the type of thing that gets me going and keeps me motivated to give you guys good content every week. I mean, like I said, it's still going to come, but it really, really kind of, I don't know. Uh, justifies it for me, vindicates me. I don't know that's not the right word, but it just kind of it, it encourages me as all well, basically. It's very positive and I appreciate it. I wanted to give a shout out to a few of those people. Uh, I'm not saying your last names because I you did not give me permission to say your last name. So I'm just going to say your first name and your first initial of your last name. So shout out to Matt Y, Phil B, shout out to Bill C, shout out to Craig H, shout out to Vanessa C, shout out to Randy P. And Charles C. Thank you guys so much. Uh, your words mean more to me than you know. Um, and again, whatever I could help, advice-wise, specific questions, comments, when I screw things up, absolutely, you know, break my chops. This is, I, I'm, a, I'm a told you guys, I'm a stand-up comedy fan, and I fancy myself a little bit of a of a humorist. Uh, sometimes it lands, sometimes it doesn't, but. You know, break my chops and you know, come at me and stuff. Let's make this, uh, let's make this a fun back and forth. All right, what I wanted to do, the purpose of this podcast. Now, this is not the podcast for the week. This is almost uh, a little bit of a bonus episode. I wanted to uh, talk about the last podcast a little bit. I was really, really happy to see a lot of the numbers. Uh, apparently, a lot of people were excited to see all the. I mean, it makes sense. All the talk I did of the uh, upcoming cruise. People wanted to see what it was going to be like. Now, I want to not make excuses, but what I'm going to do is make excuses. I did come off the ship. I was a little bit trapped of trying to catch up at work, trying to recover and get my voice back and my energy back. Uh, with the also other side of it, wanting to make sure I got something up to you guys as soon as possible while it was fresh in my mind. Listening back on that particular podcast, I didn't love it. I wasn't in love with how it sounded. I wasn't in love with, uh, I guess, my energy level on it. I did. I gave you the goods. I gave you what happened. I was kind of... uh, I don't know. I was pretty thorough as far as what the, what happened during the cruise, but yes, I did leave some stuff out, and also I didn't put that you know particular Tommy touch on it that I like to, like I said, listening retrospectively. So I wanted to do a little bit of a part two. I'm not going to make it redundant. I maybe gloss over some stuff that was also talked about last week, but this is uh, it's going to be a little bit of a new perspective, a different perspective. So let's get into it a little bit. All right, so like I said, we embarked in Port Canaveral. You know, Port Canaveral is an interesting uh, port, right? Is this the only port that you guys know of? It's the only one that I know of, at least in the North America area, that is both a um, east eastern side of North America, I should say, that is both a embarkation and a uh, destination. It's interesting, right? Are any of the other ones like that? Is there any place that I don't know of? Maybe you guys can email me, Tommy at Always Be Booked. Let me know. Are there any other ports that are, you know, a place where you can get on the ship and embark on your cruise, but at the same time, 
also act as a destination if you're coming from New York. I would imagine you have to be set up a lot differently for that, and you have to have a lot of, you know, you got to be careful. You know, people coming, people going, people trying to change ships, jump ship, come to, you know, go go over to different cruise lines or whatever. But, uh, you know, that was, uh, that was a very, very good experience. Getting on the ship, it was a little slow, but at the same time, the process kept moving. The lines were long, but they were moving. The people were very nice. Everybody was really, really cool. Uh, and, you know, getting on the ship w- was nice. I wonder, though, why is – with all the cool things to do in South Florida, why are Miami and Port Everglades not – ever a destination in the spirit of like i said just that's places where you just go you can leave port everglades you can leave port of miami and those are the two uh, along with port canaveral the three biggest terminals in the country why can't you stop in miami why don't cruises from new york or 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 the carolinas or boston or baltimore virginia why don't they stop in miami or fort lauderdale I don't know if it's a Disney thing, a contract with uh, the parks at Disney. I don't know if it's – because I'm going to tell you something. There's really nothing to do directly in port. You have to pretty much get on a shuttle. I mean you know it's a slow port, right? You know it's a slow port and there's not a lot going on. But one of the biggest features is a Ron John surf shop. And believe me, let me tell you something. It's a cool store. It's a really cool store. You can kill a couple hours in there. But normally you're not promoting a retail surf shop as one of your biggest things to do out there. Yeah, you can do other stuff, but there's no there's nothing really to speak of walking around as much. You can go to Cocoa Beach, but you're driving to Cocoa Beach. It's just and Cocoa Beach is nothing, you know, when you're talking about, you know, you, even the Bahamas, the Bahamas, Virgin Islands, Cocoa Beach, come on. Give me a break. I'm wondering why they don't drop you in Miami. You know what I mean? You you can you can have a good time in Miami. You can maybe it's the population, maybe there's too many people around. I don't know what it is. I mean San Juan's populated, St. Thomas is fairly populated. I don't know. I think cruise lines should consider that. Maybe stopping in uh some of those other uh you know, some of those other ports that are, you know, Fort Lauderdale, you can have a great time downtown Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Beach, not far away at all, uh right near Port Everglades. I I don't get it. What do you guys think of that? Let me know. Okay, so what else did I want to cover here? I got to say, it was a complaint I had of the crew, not anybody's fault, but it was a little chilly. I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe my rhythm pretty much for the last couple of years has been March and October, and I've been getting pretty lucky with March. But for this particular sailing, I mean, even embarking in Florida, it's just, you know, you're not expecting. You're expecting March in Florida. You, you expect it to be pretty safe. It was not. Even right now, it's pretty chilly. The last couple of days is pretty chilly. It's supposed to be unseasonably chilly for the next couple of days. And who the hell needs that? And the winds and stuff like that. So, again, I tell you all the time, I will never have a bad cruise. And the fact that we were on this ship and had and went to these ports and, you know, went with Kay, who I had an absolutely amazing time with, like, you, you, you're never going to complain. It's not a bad – it's not bad. It's, uh, it's quite the opposite. But, yeah, it's a little annoying when you are, uh, you know, sailing and the wind is blasting you and, you know, you have to make a decision on where you're going to go around the ship, whether it's the pool deck, whether it's inside fun, whether it's outside fun, whether it's swimming, whether it's not swimming, based on whether it's chilly or windy. And, uh, you know, for that reason, I'm thinking maybe the spring cruise, just to be on the safe side, is in April from now on. 
And I say also, you never predict a cruise. You never predict how a cruise is going to go. One cruise, you may end up just drinking your life away seven straight days. One cruise, you may just be so into the activities that, you know what, you just, you don't, you just focused more on just taking on the day and not worrying about just drinking. Maybe it's more of like you're going with your friends and you're on the hunt for pockets. You guys know what pockets are, right? Have I talked about pockets? We just kind of, when I cruise with my buddies, we kind of refer to, (laughs) this is so stupid, like I'm a freaking junior high student, but like girls in groups, you know, that, you know, look like they're girls with no guys around in groups that are uh, possibly attainable. The the reality is is like, yeah, they were probably attainable maybe 15 years ago, but, you know, you still got to live in your little fantasy world there, but we call them pockets. Like, you know, we'll just assign an area of the clock to them, like so. Stu or Chris or Nick or any other pocketry, 3 o'clock. We got a pocket coming up on the left, 6 o'clock right here. And, uh, you know, just something to get you through, just to let you behind the curtain again a little bit. But, um, again, sometimes you're looking for pockets the whole cruise. Sometimes you're with, you know, a significant other where it's more of like a romantic type of situation. So you can never predict what the flow of your cruise is going to be no matter how you plan. Like I said, get your bearings. Plan, uh, uh, explore the ship preliminarily to the cruise. Don't explore the ship. Look at the ports. Don't look at the ports. Whatever you want to do. But at the same time, don't think. And that's what bugs me about some of these newer ships is that they're going to tell you, yo, you're going to have to, you, you got to, if you want to see the show, this is the time you got to do it. You got to sign up. You got to put your name down. I don't, I don't like to do that, you know. So, but, so this one kind of was no different. It kind of took on its own kind of rhythm. And what our situation was is that we got to the gym fairly early. And for early, yes, for me, that's 10, 11 o'clock. And, uh, you know, we got back down, washed off a little bit, then went to the uh, wipeout bar. So we basically started aft at the wipeout bar with the flow rider because we love those guys. It was cool getting a drink from them, cool talking to them. They were funny. That's the guy who made fun of me for being fat and too fat to be on the uh, zip line. <laughs> Great, thanks. <laughs> he was absolutely right, and I appreciated him saying it because I did have a little bit of an inkling to get on that thing, and he shut it all down, and I appreciate that. Um, who knows? I still may do it. I am. I got to come in to a cruise Somewhere under 235 to be able to do that. On this cruise, I was probably right about 240, 241, and um, I was also looking for somebody who was bigger than me, and it didn't find it. So, And then we would basically work our way forward because it was cool to be on the aft part of the ship too. Like I said, it was windy, and you're kind of protected from the wind if you're sitting in that bar, and you're just looking back at the beautiful horizon, the beautiful wake, and you know, it really was a cool place to be despite the fact that the weather wasn't perfect. It was still nice. It really didn't rain too much. It was just the temperature and the wind. Um, so then uh, we would just work our way to the pool bar, uh, hang out by the pool a little bit. A lot of times it wasn't it just wouldn't wasn't we could have swam, but it just wasn't so overly inviting to go swimming with the water and the temperature and stuff like that. So we didn't do that so much. We hung out by the pool, went to the uh, what was it, the sky bar and the mast bar, the mast bar and and the other bar that was right there, basically on the pool deck between the two pools, sets of pools. There's two sets of pools, pretty much. Uh, you know, you had two levels of bars one was the mast bar and the other one was something else i forgot but they were both kind of in the same place as the the other one was on a different level of the ship and you just walk right up the stairs and you can go from bar to bar so we spent some time there and then as it got later in the day and it was crazy because the sun was still setting so early it was like you know six o'clock 547 602 613 like sunsets so you didn't have a ton of daytime you know daylight so after that we would walk back to the solarium and uh 
as it was starting to maybe get a little bit dark out, we'd end up in the solarium, and it worked out perfect because the solarium is so nice, so peaceful, and there is not a better place I've ever been anywhere, maybe Key West, uh, but pretty much anywhere to watch a sunset than that solarium. They have those uh, half shell, those those clamshell seating with the cushions on them, and you're like front and center. They also have, and everybody told you about it. Now, everybody told me about it was that uh, 14th floor, they call it a secret. It's not a secret anymore. Everybody knows about it. But uh, just above the bridge, uh, on top of the bridge, is a little bit of a, uh, like a, like a, like a observation deck. And it's a great place to watch the sunset, watch sailaways and stuff like that. You get a pretty unobstructed view. But it's not a secret anymore. There's a lot of people out there, and it was crowded, especially on sailaway day. It was a waste of time to be out there because there were so many people out there in this quote-unquote secret location. But it was still cool. We went to the solarium, and it's just beautiful. Like the solarium is just such a chill place. Adults, it's quiet. It's like if you're going to you know, round out your day, that's the place to do it. And they have the bar there. They have the solarium bistro, which I did not eat in. Uh, you know, we, you can't get to all of them. It's just, you're just not able to do it. But I wanted to attempted to talked about thought about a couple of times making it for breakfast up there but that just never happened um thanks to uh gray goose vodka uh but it was really just a nice place to round out the day and oftentimes we would go right there and until the sun went down maybe even doze off a little bit it was almost like a recharge you had a little bit of the buzz you're coming down you're uh recharging and okay now seven o'clock let's go get ready for dinner and then that's what we did. Ate dinner. Then after dinner, we would see whatever entertainment was going on, whatever it was, uh, you know, whatever you can, stand-up comedy, the ice show, the quest game, all that stuff. We would do uh, karaoke. We would go to the nightclub and, you know, go to the uh, Globes and Atlases bar, which the promenade shows, all that stuff would be after dinner. And that was pretty much the rhythm every single time. And then another rhythm thing we would do was we would pass out, but then we'd kind of wake up at like 3 or 4 in the morning and uh, – I'm not a big Sex in the City guy, but really, if you're at sea, you know there's really nothing ever to watch at sea. It's you know Caribbean sports <laughs> updates or you know uh, infomercials or whatever. We just we would watch like you know well you think Sex Sex in the City and Thirty Rock were always on, and we would just we just got engrossed in those for like two or three hours. Then we pass back out maybe at like five, six, eight, nine, wake back up at like nine or ten, and that was the rhythm of the cruise, and it was beautiful. It was a perfect cruise. Like they're all perfect. You know what I mean? It was it was it was everything you could want in a cruise. Like I said, it would have been nice to have a little bit nice weather weather, but. That's all you can really, really ask for. Oh, I wanted to touch on the dinner. The dinner, <laughs> we only, what do we do? Three or four nights at the main dining room. I think three. Because one night, okay, so the specialty dining, we did Giovanni's, we did Chops, we did the Windjammer one night, and Sabor the first night. So night two was starting the dinner. The dinner, the, the dinner was cool because the couple that we met was really, really nice. They definitely seemed... To get a little bit of a kick out of us because I think they were not necessarily on the party end of it. Kay is, uh, you know, a um, ultrasound during the day uh, in the medical field, but she's also a veteran of the nightclub business and still dabbles in that as well sometimes. So we are creatures of that 
environment. So because of that, yes, we're not strangers to having some cocktails. We're not strangers to uh, letting it loose a little bit. And, you know, we're the minority. The The majority is more like the other couple that we were with. We would just sit there and I would show up and I would be, you know, somewhat, you know, feeling okay. And, you know, I'm a veteran. I could hold up. Uh, I could hold up. You know what I mean? I'm pretty good. And uh, we were just having great conversations with them and just, you know, talking about country music, talking about the ship, talking about past cruises. Uh, And it was really, really enjoyable. But the interesting fact of it was that the other couple that was with us, it was a three-couple table, we never saw each other at the same time. Now, I know I repeated that. I said that on the last podcast. But, you know, we would show up one night. They would be there the other night. We would show up one night. They would be there the other night until – I didn't even think we were going to make dinner on the final night because I thought the parade, which was at 745, I thought that was some elaborate 45-minute to an hour thing that they do when the reality it is is that it's a 20-minute parade. And it was over by 8.05, and we were able to get to dinner. So when we get to dinner on that last night, we were happy to see you know, the other couple. And then we saw the other couple, which was a, it was a black couple, good-looking young couple i mean they were you know it was cool we got the whole story about what happened in st saying i'm sorry nassau and how they missed the ship and we were getting a kick out of that and again so you got me and me and k k and i you know quote unquote the drinkers and then you had you know the very very seemingly uh you know not conservative but uh, basically normal people regular people and that's not, it's not a knock. It's like, you know, it's obviously not a knock. It's, uh, you know, they probably, you know, live life like you're supposed to live it, like most most everyday Americans live it. And then you had uh, the black couple uh, who apparently, and I didn't say this anywhere else. By the way, cruiseradio.net, Doug Parker, I did review the Oasis on his show. See how you listen to me, and I'll ramble, and I'll go from one thing to the other. Doug is, and that's why I call him the Godfather, is because he will just just the facts, man. Just you know, if you start getting a little crazy and start going off on a little bit of a tangent, he'll a he'll he'll just set you back for he'll real he'll have you land the plane. You know what I mean? His information and his episodes are so concise and so informative, and you could tell he's just has a talent for. Uh, giving a lot, putting a lot of information into a very, very small piece. You know, he's got a half hour show a week, and after each half hour show, I feel like I know so much more about the industry as a whole just through that. Through his guests, um, who always comes on, uh, Sherry, uh, Sh- uh, Sherry, uh, the what's her name, the uh, cruise maven, and then uh, Stuart Chiron, I think his name is. Every once in a while, he, he'll he'll uh, he'll bring in uh, Sherry from Cruise Tips TV too, and. Uh, Every time you listen to that show, it's concise. It's one thing to another, and that's it. So I uh, was on that. Uh, I reviewed the Oasis Cruise on that show as well. And he actually – it's cool because it's like two out of the last three episodes of Cruise Radio are me. So, you know, I don't know. Am I suffering? Am I being overexposed right now? (laughs) I don't think so. Uh, But – all right, so I say that to say that I didn't discuss this on his show. I didn't talk about this on the last podcast, but we're being real here, and this is what it is. So it was. It started to get really, really funny at dinner because they started discussing their sexual exploits on the cruise. The 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 younger you know black couple uh, next to us on the right. They started discussing their sexual exploits on the cruise and started telling us the stuff that they would do. And uh, how, you know, freaky they get. And first of all, they started with saying, you know, yeah, we were in Orlando. We go to this place called Secrets. I'm like, oh, that's sounds like a strip club. Like, no, it's a swingers club. So I don't know what 
I don't know what it is with uh, the swinger community seems to be growing lately, but they, you know, hanging out in a swingers club or whatever. And then he's just telling the table, <laughs> unsolicited, just starts telling the table about how when they, you know, go to, you know, ha- you know, uh, get it on, for lack of better terms, he leaves the doors open on purpose. And he wants to like people to kind of walk by and walk in. He has the room steward. He walks in. Uh, he he you know leaves the balcony door open so people can check in. And he looks to see if people are watching. And then when he notices that people are watching, he just encourages her. Yeah, all right, honey, people are watching now. Let's let's make sure we uh we gotta give him a show. We gotta give him a show. We gotta give him a show. And <laughs> she was like semi embarrassed, but really not really that embarrassed. She's like, yeah, you know, we're on vacation, so we like to have fun, and we like. And I got to think that the other couple was kind of blushing. I mean, we were just like laughing our asses off about it and just getting such a kick out of it. He told us that uh, his room steward was, you know, after the one day he walked in on them, from then on, all he would do was come in, uh, look at, you know, his girl up and down, and then look back at him and say, Mr. James. And it was just like a look of like, "You're you're a bad boy type of thing. But this is the conversation we were having on night seven at dinner. There were no other dinner nights in the main dining room where our conversations uh, led to this way. But me and Kay were getting such a kick out of it. And then it was cool because all three of us, all three couples, went down to the casino and played a little, uh, you know, we had a little gambling afterwards. And uh, that was it. We had, a, we had a good time that night. I don't really want to talk so much about the casino. There was kind of something that was a little bothering me. Uh, I felt a little bad about it, and hopefully you guys don't judge me for it. But I'm sorry. You're going to have to learn. And the truth is you got to learn etiquette at a freaking table. you got to learn your surroundings. I don't care how drunk you are. You have to take yourself out of yourself for a second and look around at what's going on you because you're going to piss people off. And what happened was we were at this one table, and there was a, a, a nice enough seeming Indian couple next to us, and they were uh, you know playing, and we were all playing. And Kay was sitting there too, and Kay's next to me on the right, and then that couple was on the far right. And the guy's just kind of looking at me, and he's wanting to. You never see a sense when somebody's just staring at you, and you know they're gonna say something to you. And there's times when you're inviting that. There's times when you know you're welcoming that, and there's times when that person should probably just take a read and realize that you know what, maybe don't talk to this guy right now, or maybe don't talk to this woman right now, or maybe if you're gonna talk to them, don't say stupid crap. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, you know, I'm I'm gambling, and we don't need to talk numbers, but I'm I'm losing. And I look at it like, you know what, I've been winning on the last few cruises, and nobody wins all the time. So even when you lose. It is what it is. You you know it's coming, and the losing brings you to the next, closer to the next time you're going to win. So I'm losing, though, but while you're in that moment, you're not happy. You're just, you know, money's flowing out of you, and you're trying to double bets to make up for it. So I'm taking a couple of good, like, hits, and then you elevate. You know what I mean? You try to, like, you know, you'll put X amount of dollars on a hand, but you'll elevate that hand. So this is, all right, this is a hand. I'm going to go for it. So I'm playing two hands all the time because, like I said, conservative one, uh, by the book, like basically by the book with one and maybe a little aggressive with the other. And I'm playing. So there's certain times when you're gambling, you're like, okay, well, this is, ties are like kissing your sister and you're winning one, losing one the whole time and no money's changing. An hour in, you're still maybe up 20 or down 20 bucks and you want to make a move. So you elevate. 
So you you go for a time. Usually for me, it's when I'm on a little bit of a cold streak because, you know, law of averages. So I'll elevate. So I elevate both bets. And then you get action on those bets. You get a double down hand and then maybe another uh, or a split hand and then another split hand. And now next thing you know, you got a ton of money on the table. And this guy just starts looking at me. And that's when he decides to freaking speak. You know what I'm saying? He goes, so where you from? So I was like, ah, hey, how you doing? New York. I'm from New York. New York. Nah. Nah, you sound like you're British. You sound like you're from England. I'm like, yeah, no, 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 no. And then he starts talking to his wife. Yo, this guy's telling me, I'm, this guy thinks he's uh, from New York, but I, he definitely sounds British. Listen to his accent. So I start talking to him a little bit more. He's like, no, now I can hear the accent, but you're doing it on purpose. I'm like, oh, this guy's got to go. So he keeps, he keeps going on and on and on. The cards get unturned. They, they're showing a five, but they somehow eke their way to a 21. And if you play blackjack, you know that happens. And it always seems to happen more often for them than it does for you. But it happened. It's a freaking 21. And I got good cards. I got like a 19. I got a 20. I got an 18. I, got, I think I had like four hands up at that point based on the double downs and the splits. But they took it all. I lost that whole hands. And then afterwards, two hands later. So you tell him you sure you're not from Mingo? I I lost it on him, and I and I and I legitimately lost it on him. I was like, dude, what you need to do is stop worrying about where I'm from. Worry about your cards. You got your wife next to you. Talk to her. She seems like a nice lady. I don't know how she puts up with you, but stop talking to me, please, right now. And then he's like, oh, you got an attitude. I'm like, no, dude, I'm just telling you. You're asking me where I'm from six times. I told you where I'm from. I'm sorry. You don't think I sound like where I'm from, and that's it. So sure enough. He keeps playing hands. And then I forget about it. I'm over. I'm like, all right. That felt kind of good. <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, now I'm back into joking mode. And I'm back into jovial mode. Listen, I'm taking Kay's having a heart attack because of the money. I just, I'm like, listen, Kay, it happens. This is what happens. You're on a cruise. And you win a lot. You lose sometimes. And you can't do anything about it. And I'm cracking jokes. I'm back to my regular personality. All right. So, but this guy's not over what I just said to him. He's just like taking it hard. And he leaves. He gets up from the table and walks away. His wife I don't even think she even batted an eyelash the whole time. We started hanging out with his wife. She was cool. She was funny. And I'm watching this guy out of the corner of my eye. And I see him go up to like four or five different people. Coincidentally, they all happen to be like larger, like bigger individuals. And I don't know what he was trying to do, but I know he was talking about me. He's pointing at me and he's kind of giving me a dirty look. And I'm trying to just stay focused on my game, but I can't help but notice that this guy is just like walking around the casino, apparently just trying to turn. And once in a while, one of those guys would sit down and play. And then I would just engage them in a conversation. We'd get along fine, and they would get up and walk away. It was just kind of weird, but it was something that kind of bothered me for the rest of the night. Again, not really, but a little bit. I just felt a little bad about kind of snapping on the guy. But I'm going to stand by what I said. you got to know the situation. You know, read people. You know, look at me. Understand that I'm gambling right now. It's not going well. You're saying stuff that's that's ignorant, and I'm just not in the mood for it. So that's what it was. That's all it was, and that was the uh, <clears throat> you know the gambling story that I wanted to say. I don't want to get into anything else gambling. I am kind of trying to figure out where I stand with Royal Caribbean as far as their um, their uh, casino program. If anybody knows. Any contact information or what you know what the process is on knowing where you stand or what you're eligible for or what you're on your way to being eligible for regarding anything uh, in the casino in a Royal Caribbean cruise ship, 
Give me a heads up on that. Again, either on Facebook, Always Be Booked, or Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, what else did I want to cover? I wanted to talk about, oh, I mentioned, alluded to the fact that I was um, a little turned off by the way, like my first initial thing on the ship was a little wacky because I was like, you know, Royal Caribbean, it's a mega ship. You should have a level of expectation and you should kind of be wowed. Aside from the beauty of the ship, you should be wowed by just, you know, service, everything else in general from the from jump. But what I did notice that, was the first time we got up on the ship and went on the, the uh, one of the bars. It was the muster station was starting to happen. It was like really got off to a weird start because you ask for a drink and it, it didn't happen to us because again, again, not to you know whatever. But somebody asked, uh, you know, can I get a drink? The guy was just like read the sign and the sign said no drinks will be served. The bar will reopen after muster muster drill or whatever. And then, like I said, the speakers were blown and it just did seem like a little bit of an impersonal thing. And again. Now, I came off that ship on a high because I just had – it was a cruise. I had such a great time, and I did tell you also I understand why people don't like such a big ship. My thought process and my feeling while I was on the ship was that, you know what? You can still get that experience. You know what I mean? You have to go to the right bartender. You have to leave a little bit of a tip. You're going to get that nice personality. You will – you know. again, you got to remember these people, especially on a ship like this. Where, you know, you're not seeing the same people. You know, it's a fact. People, when they're on vacation, a lot of times in masses don't tip as well because they know they're never going to see that bartender again. They're never going to – you know, same thing on this big ship. You know, you're so less likely to see. Like on a smaller ship, a 2,000-person ship, you know, you're going to see that person all the time, every day. You're going to want to have a relationship with them the whole time. There's such a good chance of you never seeing that person again on this particular ship that a staff member may not be as apt to give that over-the-top friendliness that you become accustomed to. Now, I found that you know that's cured with going into your pocket a little bit and leaving a little bit of a tip and engaging them in a conversation, and usually you can get it out of them. Not all of them. There were still some that were still being dicks like no matter what, but – there were plenty of bars on that ship where you could find, but I could, like I said, I can see why people would feel a certain way about like you know the service and the friendliness that they got on the ship, and just you know everything in general. I'll even say now, having been removed, maybe what what is it now? Almost a week from the ship, I too am kind of saying you know what maybe I do prefer, maybe I do prefer uh, a nice a good size midship. Uh, over a mega ship too because of that particular reason now if you told me i'm going on the oasis of the seas or the allure or the harmony or the symphony in three weeks from now i will say get me where do i sign up get me my shoes i'm ready to go now however it is it's an interesting thing there was that initial weirdness but like i said it opened up we found out who we wanted to go to you know i had one interesting experience in the nightclub this was weird uh i go to the guy i say uh i want gray goose and soda and he says we only have Tito's or uh, Tito's or Stoli. Meanwhile, I'm looking right past him afterwards. I didn't see it till after. He walked away to make my drink, and then I saw a big bottle of Belvedere there. And then he comes back, and he goes, uh, uh, I go, I, I see Belvedere. I would rather have Belvedere. He's like, sorry, I already made the drink. <laughs> he did what? He's like, he's like, I already made the drink. Like I'm sorry. I'm like I ran it. I ran the card too, and I put in uh, Tito's. I'm like I don't care. What do you What do you think I care? Like no offense. I don't care what you just did. I don't care what you ran. I don't care what you. Uh, um, please, 
make the Belvedere. And he was like, oh, all right, yes, yes, all right, no problem. And he was not happy to have to do that. But, you know, he didn't tell me that there was Belvedere available. And I like Grey Goose. My second choice is Belvedere. And that was there, so I wanted it. And, you know, no offense, you're paying pretty good money. I'm (laughs) taking a bath in the casino. This is a very expensive trip for me. I'm not going to not have the vodka that I want when I paid for the drink package. I'm sorry you mispoured and didn't tell me that there was available. And he was, like, pissed about that. And that was weird. Another weird thing. Did I tell you this already? I'm not sure. I'll repeat it again and make it fast if I did. Room service. Cold room service in the middle of the night like we did most nights. And I ordered, put the order in plus a Diet Coke. And I think I did tell you this, but real quick. It was just another adding to the weirdness and a little bit of the rudeness that you did experience on this particular ship at certain points. Uh, she said, we don't have Diet Coke. I'm like, what are you talking about? You don't have Diet Coke. Well, the bars are closed. I'm like, well, how do you how do you have Diet Coke in a menu? It doesn't say on the menu Diet Coke until the bars close. It says Diet Coke. Yeah, well, we can't. We don't have it. I'm like, uh, and again, she was just like, yeah, I did tell you this. I, I mentioned that I just spent a lot of money. I gambled a lot of money, and she like almost took pleasure in saying, "Sir, it sounds to me like you're very, very upset about your casino experience and that you lost a lot of money tonight, and you're taking it out on me." Then I'm like, and then I just totally, I was calm. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not taking anything out on you. You seem like a nice lady. I just want a Diet Coke. She's like, we'll do what we can. And, of course, you got the Diet Coke. But it was interesting. Uh, And that was that. Oh, going back to the casino. What's interesting, too, is that they don't bring the machines on. So it's a hand shuffle. And, uh, you know... That's that's to me that's a deal, that's an advantage to the player. Like if you notice some trends, you can kind of go with those trends. Those hand shuffles are wacky. There was one time five aces came out all at once. There was another time seven in a row, no picture cards. There was a lot of wacky stuff happening because again, it's a uh, it's a hand shuffle, and they don't have the um, you know the shuffling machines like they do in Atlantic City or Vegas or some of the major gambling places. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about that I didn't get really too into was the captain's talk that I went to. This was really, really cool. It was on the last sea day in the Jazz Lounge at uh, 1 o'clock. Uh, Captain Rob Hempstead was, um, was was holding a talk hosted by Patricio, the cruise director, and they just fielded, they just fielded questions. Now, what was interesting is that uh, <laughs> Rob, uh, Captain Rob Hempstead was – funny because everybody in the ship was commenting on his demeanor when he made his speeches when he from the first day when during the muster drill he's almost like a yoga instructor on the microphone he was just like and we want to take this time once again to welcome you to the beautiful oasis of the seas today's weather it's going to be partly cloudy or partly sunny now that depends on how you look at it, and it was so exaggerated <clears throat> that you know we made a, we made comments at dinner with the other couples, and it was like a thing. If you talk to anybody, and then the captain came up, everybody went into their impersonation of him. So you were a little like, all right, you know, <laughs> it kind of sounds like someone who would sound uh, if you. Uh, I kind of <laughs> go back to um, do you watch Armageddon. Armageddon when they meet that Russian guy in the. Uh, space station at the uh who was living there for however long and he just started to lose it a little bit you kind of equated that to the captain just staring at blue water just staring at just the great wide open nothing of just the horizon all day and it just sounds like you know sounds like he would have but turns out he's a pretty normal guy and it was cool uh 
like I men- mentioned before, the funny lines he used to ha- he had about the, uh, the 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 captain line when the woman said, uh, "Who's driving the boat?" and she said, uh, "It's not a boat; it's a ship." Uh, I'm a captain. I drive a ship, and uh, your frustrated husband drives boats, not me. So that was hysterical when he said that. I think I mentioned that before, but you know, if I repeated it, I'm sorry. And uh, how he said about the Carnival Cruise uh, ship that was close to us, that was in sight in the middle of the ocean. The guy said, "What's the rule on how close you can get to Carnival? Is there navigation rules like air traffic controllers of the seas?" Uh, and the and the captain was just like, "Well, it's a Carnival ship, so hopefully we'll remain as far away from it as possible." And that was funny. It was almost like he had those lines ready to go, but who knows? He probably he probably did. He probably got a similar question and probably used that line before, but it was funny. Uh, just some of the other interesting things that I found out was that it was interesting to know that when these ports are so close, like a San Juan to a St. Thomas or a St. Thomas to a St. Martin or, you know, Tortola, you know, you have to make up some time because really if you did the, the, the typical 22 to 23 knots, uh, you'd be there in, you know, a matter of a couple of hours, but, you know, you have to do a lot of zigzagging. They don't go out there, and he said they don't really do typically do figure eights, but they will drive way, way out further than need be and then, you know, create a, you know, a more of a distance of having to come back in, and sometimes they will just go very slow. And he did mention the fact that six knots, which equates to about, I don't know, what, eight, seven or eight miles per hour, um, that's pretty much the number that they have to hit in order to be able to comfortably be able to cut through the seas because, uh, you know, anything lower than that, the force of the water, the force of the ocean will be more, uh, you know, will be more than the force of the engines and they will pretty much almost, it's almost as if like they'll be dead in the water and they'll be bopping around and just kind of like not able to really uh, control where they are or where they're going. But so that's what they said about six knots. Um they also I, – I, somebody asked about the ship in general, like do you need a certain type of certification or certain type of training to be able to drive? Because when this thing came out, remember, it came out in 2009, and there was absolutely nothing like this at sea. It was almost like, dare I say, almost double any ship you know that was close to it. Probably not. The Epic was probably pretty big and you know at that point, but uh, – it was very significantly bigger, so we were wondering if if you have to get any special training. But he said, really, not so much. You just have to spend a lot of time on the simulator. You know, it's the same thing going from a boat that holds, I'm sorry, a ship that holds a thousand people to three thousand people. You have to kind of learn its nuances and stuff and operate a little bit. And the simulators are very, 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 very realistic, so they use that a lot. Uh, he also told us that he has operated every class of ships in Royal Caribbean. He said he got uh, going in the cruise game late. He was doing a lot of fishing charters. He was doing a lot of uh, cargo, and it was mostly in the uh, Bering Sea up north. And uh, someone just suggested to him that the cruise industry was a growing industry. And he said from a very young age that he was told to go to where things are growing. And he was he had some experience. So he said it was a little bit of a challenge for him because he was a he had been a captain for a while, and a lot of the people he were, he was working with had significantly less experience than him, and significantly outranked him because of the fact that they just went right to cruise ships, and he had all this other experience. So he understood. He said he handled it, you know, like he did. It, it took a lot of, uh, I guess. I guess humility for him to be able to get bossed around by people with half his experience level and half his age, but he did, and now he's very very happy. He says they do a great job of placing those uh, captains where they want to be. They say, you know, they'll they'll ask you if your three preferred ships and itineraries, 
and uh, they will pretty much always nail it. Within one of the three, usually they'll be able to hook you up with. Uh, I'm sure there's seniority issues with that too. If you know you've been on the sh- with the cruise line for 25 years, you're probably going to get whatever you want, as opposed to some of the rookies. Uh, and like I mentioned to you guys before, the seas were very rough coming in, and uh, you know from South Florida to Nassau, I'm sorry, from Florida to Nassau, and from Nassau to uh, St. Thomas, it was a little bit of a uh, rough go. Um, and it was I was surprised that you would even feel anything on the oasis of the seas. Uh, no storm, no hurricane, but there were winds up to 50 miles per hour. And it was still nice out, but just really, really strong winds. And he and I asked him about that, and I asked him personally afterwards. I was like, "Did you, you know, was is that by comparison was was that pretty rough?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, that was absolutely rough on the way down here. That was pretty rough. It's on the rougher side of what you deal with on a ship like that. And uh, we should be pretty happy that we were on that ship." Because any other ship would, would have been tossed around pretty good, and it would have been very, very much less comfortable. Um, another interesting caveat that I got from him in his talk was that uh, somebody asked about um, pirates. <laughs> so, you know, and piracy, what he said, and he makes sense. He's like, pirates, we don't really worry about, um, you know, because we've we're able to move fast comparatively the ships move fast i know 25 knots doesn't seem like a lot but in the grand scheme of things it is and it's consistent and you're moving pretty fast and there are a lot of things you can't really board the ship because it's so high you whatever you want to get you you pirate a ship because you want to take what's on it you can't even really how are you going to board an oasis of the seas cruise ship and then he made a joke saying, and if he is able to board, he's got about 6,000 angry people to contend with, and good luck. Um, and he said they have very, very many things to combat pirates with, and uh, he is not in a position to be able to discuss those things. And he just said, just a note to anybody in the room thinking about being a pirate, don't do it because the people that they have in place – are very talented so we were like oh like oh that sounds mysterious but who knows uh all right so also he said terrorism though is a real threat terrorism is something that they do take seriously and they do worry about and they do kind of interestingly enough he said again i cannot speak about security that's the one the one of the things a few things one of the few things that they don't let you speak about in these types of things is security issues and but he did say that you can all trust you've all been vetted very very well so i thought that was interesting when they have the manifest of all the people that are going to go on a cruise ship and you should know this too uh it's not just like okay john smith go ahead who's next no they're looking into you they're looking into what you've done if you're part of any groups or anything like that they are actually vetting the cruise passengers so glad glad to know if you're a cruiser you passed the test because if they had any suspicion of you you'd get phone calls and uh you know i don't even know if he was supposed to say that but you know now you know you're vetted before you get on a cruise ship i didn't talk too much about st martin at all so i'll touch on that just a little bit uh i told you we went to maho beach it was crowded and rainy weather started to break and by the time we got back to uh, great bay beach aka also downtown 
it was very, very nice. And I really just love walking down that downtown strip in St. Martin. It's beautiful. There's a lot of shops. There's a lot of there's casinos. I didn't go to any of those casinos. I'm not going to give you too many rewards for gambling there, and who knows. But uh, you know, they have that Yoda shop. We didn't do it this time, but they have a guy, and this guy had the right idea. He was a set and costume designer for the Star Wars franchise, and uh, he made a lot of money. And I guess he had a lot of artifacts based on stuff that he made, stuff that was from the movie or stuff that didn't make the movie that he made. Just like a costume, like you know, in, for lack of a better term, like an artist. So, you know, he's he, Yoda or whatever. So he's called the, uh, Yoda, the Yoda guy. So he took the money he had, took all his assets and opened up a small Star Wars memorabilia, almost like museum on the downtown strip in St. Martin. So. I definitely recommend it. I did it last time. We walked past it this time, but we didn't go in. But it's really, really cool to see if you're into Star Wars at all. And I am. I'm not a Star Wars geek. I definitely loved it as a kid. And for that reason alone, I still I typically see most of the new ones. I don't freaking wait in line. I don't memorize it. I don't dress up in costume. I don't do any of that stuff. But, yes, I will check out the Star Wars. And that is the one and only of those types of franchise. Don't tell me about Harry Potter. Don't tell me about Lord of the Rings. I could care less about all of that crap. But for some reason, Star Wars has kind of stayed with me a little bit. Um, It was cool. And then we did the jet ski. So the jet ski was fun. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I love a jet ski, man. To me, if if you're going through some stuff, if if you had a bad day, if you had a lot on your mind, if you had anything weighing you down at all whatsoever... Go grab a jet ski, open it up to about 45 miles per hour, hit a couple of waves, and see if you don't forget your pro- your troubles real fast, at least for a few minutes. Then, yeah, you get off the jet ski. It's back to reality. But my favorite thing, I didn't even fly around this time too much. I just wanted to get out there, turn around, and just look back at the view and almost more leisure. Just check out the view. Check out the beauty of it. I've done it. You know, you race. You jump the waves. You just and that. I don't know. I was, this was like <laughs> day five. I was tired. I, I just didn't want to battle the elements and the waves, but I really, really enjoyed it. Every time I get on a jet ski, man, it really, really is, is, is a beautiful thing. Uh, St. Martin, like I said, then we ate at uh, New Love. It's a restaurant on the beach. Had a really good uh, seafood dish. Had a mahi, blackened mahi. We had some uh, coconut shrimp, which which was delicious. Kay, I was giving her a hard time because she got a chicken sandwich. I'm like, you're, on a, you're in St. Martin on the water. And you're getting a plain ch- – and the girl looked at her too because there was some ingredient on there that Kay didn't want on there. And the girl was like, so you want a chicken and cheese on, on a sandwich? And Kay's like, yeah. I'm like, Kay, come on. Get a little adventurous. Have something here. Whatever. Listen. Do what you want to do. Live your life the way you want to live it. All right. Let's talk about some activities quick. So I rode the merry-go-round as embarrassing as that was. Yeah, we had a few drinks. Kay's like, come on. Let's ride. I was like, "Ah, all right. Let's get on it. You know, do it for the story. Do it for the picture. So we rode the merry-go-round and that was weird but I guess mildly entertaining. Embarrassingly enough, that's kind of on ship the most activity I got. Kay, on the other hand, did both the flow rider and the zip line. It was funny. So she does the zip line the first day. I try to get it on camera. I don't because my screen froze. So I'm like, I got bad news. You're going to have to do it again. She's like, that's not bad news. I'd love to do it again. So she goes like maybe two days later and gets online, does it again. 
And it was funny because she's, she's like uh, being a show off. She's on the zip line. She's got the helmet on. She's all pumped up. And she does this freaking leg kick. She's doing like the rockets while she's on the zip line. Because she probably knows I'm nervous about it. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. And she's like, wow, look at me. I'm Miss freaking Zipline USA. And I can kick my legs while I zip line. But I got a kick out of it because, no, no pun intended, I got a kick out of it because the guy saw her obviously being very, very comfortable on the zip line. And, uh,. <laughs> He threw her back out. She's kicking like the wind and, you know, acting like a freaking rock, Radio City rocket, kicking her legs. And she gets back on. She lands. And the guy just takes her, throws her back out to sea. <laughs> Never any danger because he knows he's got the line around her so he can just pull her back in. But he throws her back. And she let out a shriek of horror, and it was funny. So, yeah, keep kicking, Kay. Big shot. Show off. I'm just kidding. So, she comes off there, and now it's the flow rider. So it's the la- it's the last sea day, and we're sitting there. And again, I don't know. I would have done the flow rider. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of embarrassing myself. We all know that. I'm not afraid of uh, you know the safety issue. I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't. I wasn't compelled to do it. I just didn't do it. I do. I do. I regret it. Yeah, maybe if I had it, no, because I'll have it back. I'll be able to do it. I just didn't feel like doing the freaking flow rider. That was it. Zip line, yeah, different story. I feared for my life for the zip line. The flow rider, I just never got to. Just seemed like more energy at the time than it was worth. Call that what you want, but I just wasn't at that particular time into it. So she's gonna do it. So she's online and I'm there and I'm freaking uh, taking videos because I want I want to get a good. You know, a good couple of wipeouts for the montage. By the way, if you can want wipeouts on the flow rider, you got to go more on the first couple of days. There's a real insider trick. If you if you're trying to catch if you're trying to catch flow rider wipeouts, go on the first couple of days because you get nothing but these all stars on like the last couple of days, and they've all been riding it all week. And you know, they actually have a competition at the end of the week. If one of the instructors thinks you're really good, they'll do a surfing competition, and that's actually a cool event. We didn't go to it, but that sounds cool. So all the all stars they do the same thing with karaoke. All the good karaoke people uh, at the end of the ship they'll perform uh, for a show, and that sucks to me. I don't give a crap. So there was uh, the, I'm, I'm all over the place right now, but the karaoke was very much a hit on this cruise. They always did it in that on air bar, which is the sports bar. Also has a stage. But to me, I don't know. It, everybody was good. Everybody was singing these Adele songs, and you know, even guys, even like dad, dad bod guys would get up there in their freaking you know Adidas uh, collared golf shirts and their swimming trunks, and they just look like corny dads that you know, not corny. I'm just saying, American, you know, the white American dad. And they get up there and they start singing George Michael and they're doing these perfectly pitched renditions and they're obviously trained. I don't freaking want to see that. I want to see the freaking guy who doesn't know how to hit the notes. I want to see that guy that's scared shitless to go up there, but he goes up anyway and then he ruins the song. But everybody cheers him on and it's okay. That's the type of karaoke I want to see. But uh, either way. All right, so getting back to the uh, flow rider situation. So she's up there. She's online. And uh, – it's taking forever, and I'm just videotaping some of these wipeouts, and I'm cracking up. Finally, she gets up there, and sorry, Miss K, if you're listening. <laughs> she was terrible. <laughs> the lady had just started her shift, so they switched the uh, the instructors. They they work in shifts, and then, you know it's only been a couple of people that this woman has started her shift for. She's like fresh out of bed or fresh, you know, fresh starting her work day. And now, like, the third or fourth, fourth person in on her shift is Kay. And Kay is, nah, she's having a little trouble, you know. Love you, buddy. 
Love you, Kay. But you're having a little trouble on the freaking flow rider. And it's clearly not going so well because how they work it out is they hold on to you while you get your bearings. And they're almost holding you up with support. Then they let go with one arm. So now it's just one arm. Then it's just a hand. And then it's just like a finger. And then they let you go into the wild and you're flow riding. And uh, <laughs> Kay is going and it's not going well. You could see right now that it's not. she's not close to being let go into the wild. She's being held on with both hands. And now it's just like getting awkward because – and I saw what was going on. She must have said, all right, now lean back. But I think what she meant was sit back because you got to put your ass back. But like you got to leave your shoulders forward. And I could tell by the way she was holding on that if she lets go, she's going to fall right on her ass. So I'm just watching this, watching this, and, and the hold on process is just taking longer than it's supposed to take. Finally, what are you supposed to do? All right, you got to let this chick go. <laughs> So the woman lets her go. Kay doesn't let the woman go. Kay slams back into the wall, hits the woman, and they both fall on, t- on the floor. You're going to see this in the montage. Sorry, Kay. I'm doing it. You're in the montage, and you're going to be falling down on a flow rider. You'll see this when the montage comes out on YouTube. But she she falls down, and the woman goes down with her. So now this woman's two freaking minutes into her job. She's already freaking un- underwater <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> I was like, Kay, did it hurt going down? She's like, no. I landed on her, so it was fine. <laughs> but that was, that was you know, if you want to talk about Royal Caribbean Entertainment, if you're asking me how the entertainment was for that for that particular few minutes, it was great. So then this woman is just an angel. She gets up. She's laughing. She's taking it like a champ. She says to Kay, okay, great. Kay's like, all right, I'm done. That's it. I'm not there. She's like, no, 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 no. You got to go again. We got to get this right. You got to try it again. This woman loves punishment. Tries it again. Same thing happens. K blaster goes down again. The woman falls. I must have watched about, I don't know, 70 flow rider action. So between sitting at the bar drinking the pina coladas and sitting in those little stands, I must have seen 70 flow rides. <laughs> I've never seen the instructor go down except the two times Kay was up there. She took her out both times. It was great. Awesome. But hey, listen, man. She she was a good sport about it. She was fun. Kay, I got to say again, Kay was an amazing, amazing cruise buddy. Had a blast the whole time. Um, what else do we have here? Uh, just going over a couple best ofs. That's it before we wrap it up here. I know we've gone on and on. This is the second podcast about this cruise. I'm sure you're sick of hearing it. But again, I, like I said, I really did want to follow up that last one. I didn't feel like I was – I felt like I was kind of reading a lot of stuff. I was trying to be comprehensive and I wasn't feeling at my best. So I just uh, – I was a little tired. So I wanted to at least kind of give you something else that felt a little bit more natural. I think so far I've at least you know feeling pretty ha- happier about this one. So going over a couple of the best ofs. Best meal of the trip was the pork shank over mashed, mashed potatoes and roasted vegetables. Believe it or not – in the main dining room. I loved all the specialty restaurants. I didn't have a bad meal on the trip whatsoever. If you're going to say the closest thing to a bad meal was the Sabor. Again, sorry. It just wasn't that good. And, you know, it's no, no offense to Sabor. Maybe they were having a bad day. Or maybe Sabor just sucks. I'm sorry. The tacos and the uh, and the guacamole and the short, rib sh- the short ribs... Uh, mole were just not very good. I mean, not, not, not very good. Didn't do anything. Didn't blow me away. Didn't wow me. World Caribbean, if that's the word you want to use. My favorite bar was definitely the Wipeout Bar because, again, it was aft. That's where I like to be is aft, and um, and it was cool. And uh, Simon was uh, the best bartender there. He was a great guy. We had a good time with him, back and forth, joking. It was a very very enjoyable place to be, especially given the weather. Best crew member overall 
I really liked Vanessa our room steward. I have to also uh, issue an apology to her. Again, I tell you all the time, I do not cruise like the others. I come and go at weird times. You know, we're drinking, we're not drinking, we're showering when people are supposed to be eating, we're eating when people are supposed to be showering, uh, all that wacky stuff. And she, uh, you know, I, I definitely took care of her, gave her a couple of dollars because I know there was one time that I felt bad that she was actually waiting just to take care of our room and uh, i did feel bad and i made sure i took care of her for that but she took it like a champ also and she was really really cool vanessa big shout out to you our room steward the room stewards are always great man aren't they one of the nicest people you'll find on the ship uh i don't i don't know why but the room stewards are always really really overly nice again how they always know your name and they always you know take care of you. you know not a big towel animal uh line is royal caribbean are they Three nights, I think, out of the seven, we had towel animals. No chalk, no little chocolate pieces, which is a little sad. But, yeah, they did put <laughs> – listen to me. I'm sorry. But uh, they did put the uh, sunglasses. They found my sunglasses, and they put it on the towel, which is customary, and I appreciated that. So we did have like three nights of to- towel animals out of the seven. What else? Best entertainment. Now, this is uh, – I bet the dive show would have been better, but – the best entertainment, aside from Kay taking out the instructor twice, was the Quest game show. Again, as cliche as it is, as just childish as it is, that was really cool. The Quest in that regard was phenomenal because I think mostly because of the venue. Studio B was a really cool place to be able to do that. I've done it uh, on Norwegian in the Spinnaker. Carnival, you do it in the Comedy Club a lot of times. Sometimes they do it in the uh, main auditorium. I've seen that happen before, but in Studio B, which is also which is the ice skating venue on the ship, that was definitely a, a great, great venue for the Quest. The dive show probably would have been better. If you're really into Cats, that was probably better. I tried to watch Cats, but again, like I said, a few minutes of uh, Cats rolling around looking like they're people and you're drunk in the bag and about to pass out, that's not conducive. My favorite neighborhood. Now, this is a subjective question because – it's there's a lot to ask you know your favorite neighborhood why because you had the most fun there because there was the most activities there because there was the most coolest uh employees there crew members there i gotta just say i really liked the feel of being on the boardwalk the boardwalk was just a cool feel for me i grew up on boardwalks near long beach and long island uh coney island um i just there's something about a boardwalk you smell the salty air you are walking on a boardwalk and they kind of really did a good job of making you feel like you were on an actual boardwalk. They have the cafes there, like the Johnny Rockets. The Sabor Bar uh, was in the middle. Uh, they had the merry-go-round there. It just you really did feel like you were on a boardwalk, and I really enjoyed that particular location of the ship. My favorite cocktail. I'm not going to be boring and say my regular Grey Goose and sodas. So I'm going to say besides what I normally drank, because you know you drink Grey Goose and sodas, you drink that for longevity. You know, doesn't weigh you down, doesn't give you a lot of calories, doesn't give you a sugar hangover. You're drinking that because you're drinking for longevity. You little squeeze of lime and you're ready to go. But my favorite drink on that on the other side of that would be the uh, Sabor Ultimate Margarita. That was good. I enjoyed a couple of those. I always enjoy the pina coladas. But the Sabor Ultimate Margarita was very, very nice and definitely did its job. My favorite non-alcoholic drink on the ship was this delicious. And every day I get the iced coffees. But um, a really, really good alternative I got on the last day was the uh, smoked butterscotch flavored iced coffee. It comes in a latte. It comes hot or iced or whatever. Me being the iced coffee guy I am, I got a smoked butterscotched iced coffee from Starbucks, and that was really, really good. And then let's go with my favorite rooms. That's a tie. 
as far as just rooms go, I really like the Globe and Atlas because, like I said, you know, being in the bar, you really felt like you were on the Upper East Side. It really, and again, because the ship is almost ten years old, it's had its share. That wood absorbs a lot of alcohol, and it doesn't make a difference how much you clean it. You can scrub it top to bottom. There's still, if you know, if you're in the bar business or if you've been to a bar when it's closed, you know that bar smell. You know what I'm talking about. It's like wood with draft beer. And uh, it had that. And that was really kind of really, really refreshing. There was never any real cool action going on. In fact, the entertainer, no offense, I think his name was Tim. Tim or Tom, I don't know. If it was Tom, I should probably know it, right? He didn't seem happy to be there at all. He was a very talented guitar player, wasn't a very good vocalist, but he uh, did, did, wasn't engaging, wasn't really, you know, he, he, you could tell he was just like, eh battling through the shift kind of so the entertainment wasn't great there was never any real fun stuff going on in there but that was just a cool place to be just because you know i really did feel like i was on the upper east side or you know midtown east or something like that at a real new york city kind of english slash irish tavern type situation very very enjoyable and the other favorite room like i said before was Dazzles. I really thought it was cool, man. You walk in there, again, and it's just almost cheesy, but it was like a very 80s-looking, kind of pristine, you know, like shiny white. Uh, It was two levels. It had like a lit ceiling, lit dance floor, and just very comfortable couches, and just like, uh, it's hard to describe. It was just a very, very comfortable yet chic-looking location. Like like almost like a castle, almost like, like porcelain-looking walls and facade. It was, and it overlooked the boardwalk. So the stage overlooked the boardwalk. And, uh, you know, whatever they did in there. And the fact that I liked that room, too, was because of the band. The band was phenomenal. They uh, could play everything, and you could tell. They could play everything by the fact that you could see a lot of times the music and the lyrics would be on their iPads, literally on their music stands, and it sounded – you almost couldn't tell that they may or may not have been playing that song for one of the first few times. But uh, that was a very, very, very talented band. Overall, like I said, incredible ship, incredible time. Time to think about the next cruise and a little bit of a teaser. Like I said, this is a bonus episode, so it is not – the episode for the week there will be one in the next either tomorrow or monday night gonna come out and uh i will get back to normal so maybe you guys will be sick maybe you guys are sick of hearing about the oasis by now which i would not blame you for being we are gonna go back to normal we're gonna talk about some cruise news and again it may be old news because i haven't seen you guys in a while but again like i said it's never been the goal here to break news it's been the goal to react and give opinions on the news so you may hear stuff that you may know about already but i'll give you my take on it and uh the main topic of the show is the next cruise i am having a battle in my mind what i'm trying to do is get a group together a sizable group hopefully a good amount of people I'm thinking, you know, anywhere between 10 and 20. If you guys want to join too, maybe it'll be an unofficial, always be booked group cruise if you guys want to join. It's a great, great deal right now, but I'm thinking about two things. One, it's going to be October, and it's going to be uh, either the Norwegian Escape or the Carnival Vista. I'm already booked on the Carnival Vista. I am way within the ability to be able to change that and exchange it. So I'm still weighing that in the next week or so. I'm probably going to stay on the Vista at this point. That's what I'm leaning towards. But what I'm going to do is a ship-by-ship, itinerary-by-itinerary, and a price-by-price comparison 
of the Carnival Vista sailing on October 15th versus the Norwegian Escape sailing on uh, September 30th. So we're going to look into that and we'll make that decision within the next couple of weeks. But next uh, next episode, we are going to break down those ships. Re- two really, really cool ships with some really cool innovations. And we're going to see the battle of the... Uh, it's not even the battle of the ships because what plays into it is pricing. What plays into it is itinerary. And uh, we're just going to call it the battle of the sailings. Norwegian escape versus the Carnival Vista. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please, once again, find us on um, all everything, social media, you know, starting with Instagram. That's where we live mostly. Try to do a couple of posts a day on that. And uh, please download and subscribe to this podcast either on iTunes or Stitcher. You know, really cool app for podcasts. And we're on it too just by being on iTunes. I guess there's an affiliation. Podbay. Go to Podbay and download that because you can get pretty much anything that's on iTunes. And to me, it's really way more user-friendly to use than just the regular podcast app that uh, that uh, Apple user iTunes uses. So that's that. All right, so that was the bonus episode. Hopefully that was a little bit more kind of uh, off the cuff, a little bit more, I guess, I don't know, entertaining than the first uh, there's a lot of people listen to that other one, so I'm hoping they give me another chance and they listen to this one and the next coming ones. We will be back to normal with regular cruise talk next week. Uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away a little your big problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand, one part sea. And one part shade of a nine-on tree And the drinks are cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Jimmy Problems. You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the bullies from.